Welcome to episode 96 of Voice in Education. This is Julie Daniel Davis. And today I just want to talk a little bit about devices learning your voice and what that means for education. For many of you, you've heard me say that I've always turned off learning the voice for the students because of student privacy laws. Well, now I'm beginning to rethink that and I want to share a little bit about the why. And I'm not saying I have done it yet, but I'm getting closer and closer. And here's what I want to talk to you about. In September, when Amazon talked about its product line changes and the things that are coming out new with the Alexa line, one of the things they talked about was the new Amazon Kids Edition device. And if you've seen them, they used to be colorful so that you could see them and know what it was from just looking around. But now they look like little animals, super duper cute. What was not lost on me during that September day was the fact that they talked about the importance of setting up Alexa voice profiles for your whole family to use a device. And so for instance, if I let Alexa learn my device, learn my voice um, through voice training, which just means I'm going to answer some questions, I'm going to say some things to the device using the app, Um, I can set it up where that device or my devices then know my own voice. So it knows who is talking to it. And what that allows me to do is that calling and messaging, flash briefing, shopping, using Amazon Music or my calendar, my email, uh, connecting it with guest content, setting reminders and skills, when it hears my voice ask for some of those things, it's going to personalize that answer based on the voice that it hears. So if I set it up with my voice, my husband sets it up with his voice, and my daughters do the same, we're going to get different information based on our voices. That leads to personalization. I am a big fan of personalization in education. Now, let's go back to that kids edition that was I mentioned earlier. They also came out in September and said that they're going to create voice profiles for kids. And what that's going to allow us to do uh, is to actually create some safe responses because it's going to recognize that that's a kid. And so the responses that it gives are going to be safer responses. And the suggestions that it gives are going to be more suitable suggestions. That's supposed to roll out sometime late 2020. Uh, Obviously, we're at late 2020, so I'm really interested to see when that rolls out. That being said, this is why I think that I may start letting our devices start learning the the voices in the classroom because um, I'm seeing Amazon put safeguards there. And those safeguards are going to lead to using the aspect of voice learning to really benefit the students in the long run. So for instance, if I have set up certain skills for a certain student, it would know that. It's going to learn that student's voice. And I think that that's going to benefit in ease uh, of use as far as it being more accessible and uh, also 
for accessibility for the students who struggle with learning. So that's kind of exciting. So um, it will coincide with the use, I think, of free time. And if you haven't seen free time, that's what makes the safety measure measures on the Kids Edition Echo Dot uh, soon to be called Amazon Kids Plus, just so you know. So the I expect the website to change pretty soon from free time to Amazon Kids Plus, and that's going to make it kid-friendly. So my question becomes, I guess, in the classroom setting, 13 and below, according to Amazon, would be the kid-friendly. But I still think it would be beneficial for it to be 18 and below if you were going to use it in the uh, in the classroom setting so i'm wondering if i do voices of that age will that could i still use them in terms of the the um, voice profile for kids so that's something i can't wait to try and to look out so that's on the horizon guys be aware i think it's going to be good one of the another reason why i think it, we're getting to the place where we could turn off where the learning of the voices is because before I even start using the device, I can set it up where it doesn't store the recordings that it's making. So if I could turn that off in the beginning where it's never stored, it's just used to make the intent work and then the Amazon immediately deletes it, then I don't have that worry that I've had in the past of stored data that could be um, traced back to my students. So that's exciting. Another thing that's exciting out on the horizon and are actually not even on the horizon is currently happening with Google. If you use a Google Assistant, uh, Google is allowing developers to build interactive education and storytelling apps. So for a, if you use a touch screen on the Google Assistant like the Google Nest, you now have the ability, ability through touch and voice uh, you can use the develop, developers are using the interactive canvas API and that's going to allow more of a gaming opportunity or a storytelling opportunity for students to use the Google Assistant in ways for learning. And they're also creating these hubs on the main screen of the Google Assistant. So if you go there, you'll see hubs listed and one of them will be for education and storytelling. And that's gonna make it easier for people to find the um, education and storytelling opportunities that are available on these devices. Big, big thing for third developers, third party developers, uh, is accessibility. And these hubs, I think, may answer that question. Also seeing something new and something to keep an eye on is Google Assistant has just moved to uh, their computing for voice assistant to their own chip. So the name of the chip is Inferentia and it's actually creating 25% better latency speeds and costing them less to use their own chip. Um, Apple is doing the same thing with their Mac. So we're, they're getting away from third party chips and these uh, companies are making their own chips and I think there's multiple reasons for that. One is privacy concerns. The other is just lowering the cost. But what they're seeing is better latency speeds. Uh, Google's not just using this 
for voice assistance. They're also using this for facial recognition. So I think we need to keep an eye on that as well. What is going to be the impact of Google doing more and more hardware uh, type things to make their products better and more beneficial for them? This is Julie Daniel Davis. I hope you have an excellent week and I'm signing off.